Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the B-Team Podcast. As always, they are live on the Jackrabbit Illustrated Facebook and Twitter. We are also live on the FCS Fans Nation YouTube for the fans, by the fans. Beyond that, you can catch the show if you don't catch it live anywhere you get your favorite podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere in between. As always, the B-Team is brought to you by our title sponsor, Kubota Dealers of South Dakota. If you need a tractor, utility vehicle, construction equipment, zero-turn motors, parts, service, and more, there's always a Kubota dealer near you with eight locations across the great state of South Dakota. Stop in today and get yourself into some orange equipment. We would also like to take a moment to thank our segment sponsors, Culver's, Brookings and Watertown, Jackrabbit Central, and Cubby's Sports Bar and Grill. And now, B-Team Mafia, the time's arrived. Here, Ben, Chad, and Brendan. Welcome back, everybody. B-Team Mafia, thanks for joining us again on Jackrabbit Illustrated. Thanks to our title sponsor, Kubota Dealers of South Dakota. Stop in at the new Kubota dealer down in Yankton. Um, special episode, uh, bye week. And we bring in the big guns on bye week. We had Kevin Marshall last night, or yeah, last night with the A team. And we got certainly not B team material, much higher grade than that from Sports Illustrated and the Blue Bloods. We got Zach McKinnell. Wow, I almost said McKinnical, which is not even <laughs> close to right. I don't even know where that came from. But Zach, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're excited to have you. We won't hold it against you that you're on Bison 1660 before us today. Um, but welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're going to be a huge help with breaking down the bracket and everything. Man, appreciate you guys having me, man. Big fan of the work you guys do. And, and like you said, hopefully hopefully the listeners don't hold it against me, man. Those guys at Bison 1660 are cool, man. But this is the real show. <laughs> yeah you get it i like it oh yeah as long as all of our mics are working yeah ben you're on awesome bud <laughs> Man, we're good was, to go i was hoping your mic wasn't working we were going to start talking for you it was going to be just great <laughs> good stuff i'm almost as disappointed that your mic's working as i was when you got a uh a, a, a ring light so you didn't have the charlie chaplin anymore <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty priceless. I'm glad you guys have fun at my expense. Mm -hmm. uh, coming yeah, off uh, <laughs> another another big win uh, against Missouri State to finish out the season right. Um, we share in, as Stig said, uh, the outright Missouri Valley Conference Championship. Um, big win against Missouri State. Not as big as some thought it would be. Um, it almost seemed like we were coasting a little bit at times. Uh, just, you know, I mean, it's hard to, you know, throttle every team. And it, it you could tell they were just like, hey, we're ready for the bye week. We're ready for playoffs. Let's just get this one done with. Yeah, you know, we only won by three scores. And it was I'm only just... 21 to three at halftime. I wish we would have actually throttled them. Like we meant <laughs> And and they scored seven in garage time. So, yeah, I mean, that's it, it's definitely the words of a spoiled fan base at this point. Um, but it's fun. It's what we've come to expect. Um, maybe I'm just bitter that my pick didn't come through. Uh, oh no! I don't know. <laughs> like so many of your picks didn't come through. For the record, not that many. Not as bad. Well, we'll talk about that later. But um, 
I want to talk about it all show. I had a hell of a week. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) Uh, Big game for Jaden Yankee. Big game for Mark Gronowski. Uh, He was in there a little too long for my comfort, but I think we got away fairly unscathed. Um, Not sure. I mean, Zay looked like he's a little dinged up. We got some guys that dinged up, and it's going to be nice to have a bye week. It's been a – I mean, how many – was like our third, fourth week of the season when our bye was. Um, So we had a lot of games in a row and a lot of ranked teams, a lot of big games. Uh, So the guys have been having to get up every week. And so it's huge having the bye week right now, um, heading into the, a big playoff run. So I don't know. I mean, the the 18 guys really broke down the game. Uh, Do we have, do we have much to say about it? I know we got Zach on here to break down the whole playoff bracket. So we want to get to him. Uh, do you have anything yeah. else to say about the game? Um, a couple things. Uh, I think the I know Seth Meyer said the crowd was okay. Um, I agree, but I think the crowd was a in the in the first half was a little louder than I expected. Like there was more false starts on Missouri State than I ever would have guessed from that crowd. I mean, three, four of them, and that really shocked me that they jumped off sides as often as they did because it didn't feel like that loud of a crowd. I don't know if they didn't practice for it or what. Um, But otherwise, it was just TCB, man. They took care of business. And as we saw that weekend, that was not a common theme across the country. Um, That was wild, some of the teams that lost. So, I mean, got to be happy with that. Um, One thing I do want to point out, 13th playoff appearance. It's the 12th in a row. But the thing about that that I think goes unmentioned and probably deserves more shine is number one, that's only one less than NDSU, which is 14 total, which is impressive. Um, but more impressive than that, if you think about it, we've been playoff eligible, I believe, 15 years. That's it, 15 years. So that's like Tarleton in the next, what? They become playoff eligible when, Zach, like next year? Yes, it should be next year. Yeah, so like in 16 years, that'd be like if, Tarleton went to the playoffs 13 of those 15 years. That's insane. We went to the playoffs, have been in the playoffs 13 of 15 years. When, And I, I think that gets taken for granted a lot by us as a fan base because we're expecting national titles and semifinal runs, and it really shouldn't be. I mean, there's teams that are dying and scraping. Look at Mercer and how excited they are to be in the playoffs, and they should be. That's an accomplishment. Um and it's something that gets taken for granted a little bit. And I just wanted to point out how incredible that is just going up, obviously Stig and Rogers and keeping it going. It just kind of hit me like lightning bolt, like, wow, we've only not made it twice, which is absurd. Yeah. I mean, the run's been incredible um, and it's, and it just, it feels like it's just getting going. Right. I mean, like the, the making the playoff run has been incredible but now, you know, we had the kind of the run of, okay, now we're in the semifinals every year. And, you know, now if we can make the championship this year, you know, it'll be three out of the last four. And it's like, um, you know, it's just kind of start to starts to really add up. And, you know, you look at the consecutive win streak. I mean, that's starting to add up. Um, you know, you look at what that'll look like if we end up uh, winning the championship this year and heading into next year. Um yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's a good time to be a Jax fan. That's for sure. <laughs> it, it will, this 100% um, P5 
people say they they wish for the good old days. They're right now. These are the good old days. Mm-hmm. Right now are the good old days. This is this is the good old days. You're gonna tell your kids about this. Back when Grandpappy was around, that was here for the first national title. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, you know, yeah. especially when we start to talk about this team and the, you know, the potential all-time great FCS teams. And like we're yeah. we're in the midst of it. So like you gotta enjoy it right now. Um, so we're like Nebraska fans from 35 years ago. Oh, don't put that on me. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, you can't call us Nebraska fans until we fall out, uh, fall First out of grace, off, and yeah. then we and then we still think we're the best. That yeah, we got a long ways to go before we reach that. But I mean, um, living in the glory days, you know. Well, okay, so in them, the FCS comparison that'd be like calling us Montana fans, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're good now again but they thought they were really good for the 10 years they sucked <laughs> right so zach from an outsider's perspective uh you know we're kind of having this step back and, especially during a bye all, week yeah, yeah during a bye week back. you kind of you kind of start to have a little perspective and you know when you're not focused on an ex-opponent like where do you where do you see where sdsu is at right now and where we've been and where we're going you know, I've been kind of nervous all season, and I know you guys know this. I've been very high on South Dakota State this year, and it's like every time that they bring me up a notch in my like praise of the team, I'm like, it just feels like I'm setting them up and myself for like a letdown. It's like every bandwagon I get on, it's like I stay on a little bit too long. But I mean, I, I had a conversation with Coach Fred today. I was like, if you look at this team, where's the weakness? When you're looking across the playoffs, when you're looking at future opponents, how do you attack South Dakota State? Quarterbacks there. Gronowski's playing at an elite level right now. Just had another 300-yard game. We know what the running backs are with Davis and Amar, and they got some young guys in there that have been pretty good this year. Wide receiver with the Yankee Twins. We know what tight end is. And then the offensive lines, I think one of the top two, probably three in the entire country. And my biggest criticism of, of South Dakota State this year has been the lack of a pass rush, but they've started to kind of generate that over the last half of the season. Linebackers are experienced, secondary force turnovers. I'm a big fan of Deshaun Gales. Personally, I think he's probably one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the FCS. He doesn't have the gaudy interception numbers, the gaudy stats, but he locks down the side of the field for South Dakota State, and people who don't watch the film wouldn't possibly know that. And I'm just like, where's the weakness in this team? And you look at it, it might be a first-year head coach, but Rodgers has done a heck of a job his first season, hasn't done anything to cost this team the game. Is I I'd said this, I will be very shocked if anyone in the playoffs knocks this team off. I think going into next season is the year that I'm kind of judging Rodgers off of. But this year, I think if I had to put any sort of money on it, any sort of bet on it, I, I think it's South Dakota State's national championship to lose, especially with the side of the bracket they're on. The Bison are on the other side. Montana's on the other side. Montana State's on the other side. You're looking over there. Is Idaho and UAlbany the biggest threats potentially to South Dakota State? And I don't like how either of those teams match up. You do have the X storyline potentially with that game, but I still think in the trenches, Idaho has a significant disadvantage in that game. So I, I think it's South Dakota State and everyone else, like I've said since probably early September. Yeah, and, and we'll get into the bracket a little later. Uh, Chad, did you have anything to add? No. No, I was going to go right into the bracket. So, go well, ahead. don't get there yet. We got to, we're going to quickly. Uh, do we have anything else to say about? Well, I think we moved past the Missouri State game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. Just uh, for Paul, I've been to jail before. They wouldn't let me FaceTime from there. I promise you. Um, <laughs> it was one night. It was one night. Um, <laughs> can't I mean, wait his, my daughter watches it in 10 years. Um, <laughs> his echo sounds like he's in a prison cell. Do you like this better, Ben? I, like I just... Better? Contrasting, Zach must have a really nice mic because his he does have a good mic. He's a his pro. Yeah, smooth. he's an actual. <laughs> that, he's, the man works for Sports Illustrated. No, it's That's a, true. I, I think it's a Shure mic. S H U R E. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I can't believe they're not from Yeah. Is that your body there in the wood chipper? All right, let's go ahead and recap picks from last week. If I can pull up my spreadsheet here, uh, what about the, the the picks? That's a whole different show, isn't it? We're recapping. Usually, we, we recap, recap on this here. show. We make picks <laughs> on the other one. Where have you, you been know, the whole time? I've been confused most of this year. By God, brought to you by God. Are you happy now? This, no, it's presented by Cubby. Was gonna be this much of an ish show when you showed up. You, you watched. <laughs> well, yeah, he's aware. <laughs> he, he knew what he was getting into. He's like, I appreciate you willing to put your reputation on the line. Right here, here. Kendall hit the nail on the head. I hadn't even said it yet. <laughs> it says Zach, the biggest letdown being on a show with these three clowns instead of Coach Fred. <laughs> it's definitely losing the beer battle. For sure, like I win that easily on all, all the other shows. This one, I'm, I'm I'm ranking I'm ranking close to last in in this category. Oh, you got bad, dude. Oh, yeah. you got me. Mine's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go, go on with the ad read, Brendan. Cubby Sports Bar and Grill in Brookings, South Dakota, downtown Brookings. It's got you covered for beer, chips, and more. No, uh, come down to Cubby's. Uh, the first round playoff games definitely stop down there. Get yourself some beer, burgers, chips, Chislik. The whole nine yards. Do you even know what Chislik is, Zach? Did you get to have some when you're up here? No, I, I did not. Oh, that is sad. If you come back to Brookings, if you're willing to make that trek again, um, we will hook you up with some Chislik because that is South Dakota's best hidden secret and kind of their football brag board or football food. It's their food. It's their food you can brag I mean, on. It's whatever. the state food. It is yeah. the state food, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not the state um, dessert, but the state food. It's fantastic. Um, Cubbies has got it. They've got you covered for your beer, booze, and more. And you're your number one place to go for Jack Sports. So head on down there. And that's the end of the ad. So I hope you're satisfied. Very satisfied. How was, how was your up? trip to 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 Brookings? I, Tell us maybe I, a little I, about it. I had a blast. Listen, that was uh it's my second trip up there. The my other long trip was Montana State last year. I mean, like like you guys know this, the crowd was just electric that night, especially yeah. with with the blackout and, and and the game was amazing. So I mean, I had a blast, and also it was kind of a nice relief after the first two weeks of the season I traveled. It was like 120 field temp the first week at the game I was at at the FCS kickoff because of the turf. It was so nice up there. The weather's amazing, <laughs> and I, I, I had fun in Sioux Falls. But I got to go out the the first night I was there. And just kind of explore, but um, yeah, me and Dustin had an experience on the flight out because um, I, Dustin, I don't remember, That's was it right. a flashlight? It was a flashlight. Like they had a light out of a flashlight. We had to sit on the tarmac for like two and a half hours, oh, and so I missed yeah. my connecting flight. It had to get like rescheduled, and yeah, it was the 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 trip back home sucked, but man, my experience in in Brookings was amazing. So, was the town of Brookings what you expected? 
I'm always curious to that because everybody, you know, you hear Brookings is a tiny town and all that stuff out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm curious from a southerner, not from the area's perspective. I actually did. You can be honest. I I really didn't get a chance to see Brookings. So so I drove up from Sioux Falls the day of the game, went straight to the game to to get to y'all's tailgate. And then by the time we got done with media stuff, it was like empty like i mean it was so late that i drove back and got back to yeah. sioux falls at like 2 or 3 a.m or something like that because i didn't end up leaving until way later i sat and you know uploaded the highlights and pictures and all that kind of stuff so i didn't even have a chance to see brookings i just know what it's like to get off the interstate drive <laughs> to the stadium and get back on the interstate to go to sioux falls how, how did the tailgating atmosphere maybe compare to those games down in the south i'm really curious about that i think you guys are underrated uh, I, I got my first experience at the championship game because you guys oh, yeah. showed up in in Frisco for the national championship game, and at, my first takeaway was everyone is way bigger than I expected. Everyone's like six six and has a beard, and it was it. Now, I never usually feel small next to people. Very smelt, felt very small at the tailgate, but no, I think you guys do a heck of a job. Um, you know, looking across, it's it's just tough, man, because some of the tailgating experience I've been to, like I'll say, the best tailgate experience in the FCS is Alcorn. I mean, when you drive up, I, I, when I, I say this, I, I mean it. When you drive in those woods in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, and you start seeing the smoke come up from behind the trees, I'm telling you, it, it will change your life. Some of, like, I, I'll tell you guys, I went to the Soul Bowl against Jackson last year. We had to get to campus as media. We were sending an email that it's a one-way-in, one-way-out street to Alcorn State. We had to get there at 4 30 in the morning for a two o'clock kickoff to even get on campus in time for the game. I no. got off the exit to Alcorn at four, didn't park in Media Park until almost seven wow. for that game. And That's my crazy. tailgate, the tailgate spot I went to, they served breakfast, lunch, a snack, and dinner at the tailgate and had <laughs> tables and everything set out. Hey, honey, you're watching right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. we've, got, we've got goals now. <laughs> those are my people yeah yeah no you guys and were amazing. my wife's watching you know hey you think it's all day it could be all day it definitely could <laughs> listen they got out there like 4 a.m and i mean they call it the reservation because of all like the tailgate spots the smoke because it looks like little groups like groups of braves or whatever like that's how it got its nickname that's so cool that's, that's awesome. very cool so is that one of the bucket list games if you're like a midwestern yes. fcs football the fan? soul bowl Soul Bowl, Soul Bowl. Um, all Corn State, Jackson State, and on the reservation in Lorman. Now, I will say, just just brace for it because y- y- y'all think y'all are in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. It's different going down Highway 60, whatever, and to Lorman, Mississippi. Well, I grew up in northern Wisconsin where the definition of big town was 6,000 people. Um, so I, I, Feel like it'll be similar. I, I got that. They don't even have a gas station within an hour. They had to build a gas station oh. on campus for people to have a gas station for their cars because the next closest city is like Vicksburg and Natchez, which is like an hour away. Dang. How many people do they get at that game? Like, what's the what's the capacity of the stadium? I want to say last year it's like th- th- so they roll in extra bleachers for that game too. Hmm. By the way, so it's like close to thirty k. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's well, the, the, the campus. The campus is Lorman. Like there is no city of Lorman. This is Alcorn State. That's crazy. <laughs> well, that's certainly a bucket list now. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. That's All awesome. right. Well, let's go ahead and roll through the recap of the games that we picked this week. 
Uh, Drake beat Butler 13 to 9 and covered. Austin P beat UCA 14 to 12, but UCA covered. Richmond won 27 to 26 and covered. Villanova beat Delaware 31 to 7 and covered. UC Davis beat Sac State 31 to 21 and covered. Montana whooped Montana State 35 to 7 and covered easy. Uh, they were six point dogs and won by 28 points. So that's impressive. Um, getting to the Valley games, you got USD whooped up on Western Illinois 48 to 6. They covered. Youngstown State beat Murray State 34 to 17 and covered. Southern Illinois won 38 to 9 against Indiana State. They covered. UND barely beat Illinois State. Uh, they had to score late just to get into the playoffs um, by the skin of their teeth there. They won 22 to 21. Illinois State covered in that game. Um, NDSU took care of business at UNI, 48 to 27 and covered. And then last but not least, SDSU beat Missouri State 35 to 17. Missouri State did cover in that one. The big news is that Brendan and I finally did it. We beat the computer, everybody. We Death did it. Death of the machine. <laughs> we uh, the best we've done so far is tied it. Uh, the computer went five and seven. I went six and six. Brendan went eight and four. Um, so I am now eight games behind Brendan, and I am <laughs> royally screwed. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what I can do in the playoffs here. But yeah, fun. No, I am not. Uh, yes, he's frozen again. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be Hold back. Hold on. Screenshot. Oh, Everybody, make him big. Make him big. Make him big. Make him big. Oh, sorry, bud. man. So, yeah, it's so much. What? So, while we wait for him to come back, maybe, maybe I can pose the question What was the biggest upset of the weekend in your eyes? Could be any game. I mean, I don't even know if there's another pick other than what Wofford over Furman. That's just, I, I understand they were missing their quarterback, their running back, a few other guys. You can't lose to Wofford. I mean, I, no. I I still don't even understand how that happened. I don't think either team hit 200 total yards to offense. I mean, it's basically like losing to Western Illinois. I mean, I, that might be I, worse. It might be. No, I don't know. Western Illinois. I, I, yeah, I guess they got one win. Western Illinois, say, Western what, Illinois doesn't years? have any wins. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, that might be about the equivalent. What was Furman favored by in that game? It had to be Probably like a million. I mean, I don't even. Probably had to be at least twenty eight. At least. least. So yeah, that that's a bad loss. And then Western manages to lose the VMI. Like it shouldn't be the SoCon conference anymore. It should be the SoChoke conference. (laughs) And and the funny part is, like both of those teams lost their starting quarterbacks because Cole Gonzalez went out mid game with it with an injury. Right. And I and I really do think I know they're not going to say it. They're just going to blame it on the VMI loss. They didn't let Western Carolina in over Chattanooga because Cole Gonzalez's injury. I'm convinced mm-hmm. of that. They'd rather put a fully healthy team in compared to a team that's missing their starting quarterback and Desmond Reed's still not fully healthy. Right. So here's something I got a question for you, Zach, because we know they know about um, injuries and things like that, which you would assume to some degree the school has to communicate to the committee through some form or another to the committee that this guy's going to be back. This guy won't. 
Um, do you think they would? There's a lot of pressure for them to be accurate and not fudge if somebody's going to be back because otherwise you just tell them like, oh, hey, he's going to be back for sure, and then he doesn't play. <laughs> right. So it feels like there's some there's got to be some sort of consequence in the background. Or if you lie about that, like you're never see, you're not seeing the playoff without nine wins for the next decade. Yeah, and I mean injury reports are non-existent at the FCS level anyway. I mean, right. it, it's impossible to do previews and know who's starting and who's not because some teams never update like their depth chart on like the media packet that they give us. Never updated for some teams, which makes it impossible to know who's playing and who's unless you reach out to the player and they still might not tell you. Also, Furman was a twenty-point favorite. Um, by the way, I forgot to look that up, but uh, I, I I don't know how they confirm it. I'm assuming they just trust that teams are telling the truth. And I, you know, with the Furman situation, did you have to give that team a seat? I understand. I mean, I could see the argument if you didn't, but that bye week has to help them a little bit, right? Like, let's give this team a bye week. They were good all year long. Yes, they lost to Wofford the final week, but if we can give them an extra week, Tyler Huff can get healthy. Dominic Roberto can get healthy. Some of those secondary guys can get healthy. This is a team that could possibly, you know, live up to the seeding. I don't know how they confirm it, though, and I wonder if they do hold grudges. But with the way that the committee rotates, I just don't know, especially with how much is going to rotate next year. I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to hold it against Furman if they lied about Tyler Huff's health. You think that the committee, like in National Treasure, has the president's yeah. book that gets passed on? They've got one for the committee chair. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know who uh, UT Martin pissed off, but what this is another year where they just—I mean, last year was a coin toss. This year was a loss to Stanford and get left out. I mean, it's just brutal. Yeah, yeah. On the, the flip side, toss. you got him. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so funny seeing the disappointment on the commissioner's yes, face. <laughs> like she took a drink of spoiled milk when that coin toss finished. Or Malort, perhaps. Or Malort. Did you oh, take man. yours? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We it? all did. It was. Uh, uh, it was bitter. <laughs> look, I haven't tasted it before, but this is. I'm pretty sure what the devil's asshole tastes like. I think. It's the <laughs> most. It's the most bitter thing in the world. I yeah. It's and like it doesn't go away. Berries. No, it, it hangs it around. Hangs. Oh yeah. Yeah, Zach, do you so, know what we're talking about, Malort? It's no. a Chicago thing. You're lucky. You don't yeah, go to Chicago. So, that's what I think that's thanks, what Chicago Deb. tastes like. <laughs> thanks, Deb. They bottle so it's, Chicago. It's a it's a liquor <laughs> that is made from wormwood. Oh, is that what it's made from? Yeah, wormwood. So like there's wormwood tea. Like some people drink wormwood tea for healing properties or something. Uh, but that tastes awful too. Um, but yeah, they make alcohol out of this stuff and it's the worst. It's a joke to buy it for people. And, uh, so it was Brendan's uh, birthday over the past, uh, weekend and Deb Gronowski brought a six pack of Malort shots for Brendan. You know and what the package says on it, Zach? What's it says that? for your friends or your enemies, which is <laughs> exactly what it says. The, the most honest labeling of it. See? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. I might be passing. Yeah, so if, it, if you ever end up in Chicago and somebody says, let's take Malort shots, just say no. I got you. Interestingly I'll, I'll put that, enough, that is made with wormwood, too. So It may be. Say, I'm not sure. Do you have any toilet wine instead of the Malort? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that sense. Suck it up, buttercup. I'm soft. I'm a big softie. What can I say? <laughs> no. it, 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 
she loved the look on her faces. Oh Let's god, it, yeah. And she took she took it with us. So, oh. you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't hate, hate ball don't lie, right? <laughs> it's on the bracket, I think, right? Uh yeah. Should we go on to the bracket. Let's That's do what that. I'm excited to hear about. Uh um, before we we do have to say thanks to Deb for the Jardinera. Yes. Uh, appreciate yes. that. She brought us some of that. It's another Chicago thing. Um, and they tried out, uh, what did they try out? Pickled asparagus. They tried out um, yep. spicy pickled quail eggs. Uh, mm-hmm. do you, have you ever had any of that stuff, Zach? No. No? Nah. Oh, well, so you'll have to have man. some chiselic and you'll also have some pickled foods when you come up next time. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> You don't have to have the boots because we know you're a pro and you know got to do your job and everything. But um, we'll we'll hook you up with the other stuff. I'm curious. So my the thing I'm burning to ask you because I think of all the national FCS media, you are by far the most plugged in and knowledgeable about the HBCUs and the MEAC and SWAC and everything like that. Um, how do you feel about the draw that NC Central got? And then how do you think they're gonna? do against a Richmond and an Albany because I feel it's a little bit fortunate they're in with the CAA teams like that. They have familiarity with beating Elon. Um, do you think they could go on a run? Cause the MIAC has its woes in the playoffs. And I mean, what do you expect when you're sending, not your champion, you're, you're bound to have to take more of a disproportionate number of losses compared to other conferences. But um, how do you feel about that? How do you think that's going to go for him? I think, I mean, that was probably the, best draw they could have i mean maybe if you they got uh paired up with gardner webb that that could have been about the same level but i I think they got lucky that they didn't have to go play south dakota state round two and like like brendan i mean you quoted me on that like it's it's literally just lining up for slaughter if you're in that top part of the bracket over there i mean no one wants to go to brookings and i'll be honest with how montana's playing didn't want to go to Missoula either no. moving forward. So those are the two places like you got lucky. You didn't have to go And you look at central. They're undefeated against CAA teams this year. And they've well, like four or five and one against CAA teams over the past two years. Their only loss was an upset loss to Campbell last year on the road. And as much as, you know, common opponents don't necessarily matter. It does matter to the players in terms of giving them confidence that they can compete in the postseason. They see the HBCU record. That kind of brings some doubt. But you look at Richmond, a a loss to Morgan State early on, which Central had a solid win over them. And then UAlbany was taking a double overtime by Morgan State like two weeks later, and Morgan had chances, multiple chances to win that game. I think Central feels confident. I'll say this. They match up really well with Richmond. If you're asking me, I think Central beats Richmond this weekend. With Davies fully healthy, with Mookie Collier running back, with that defense playing at a high level, and I hate to say it because there's no such thing as a good loss. That Howard loss was actually good for them in a way because it kind of woke them up. And I know you guys worry about that with South Dakota State. Are we going to start coasting? Are we going to start smelling that hype a little bit too much? Do we need that wake-up call? Central got hit over the head. And if they played Howard, in my opinion, 10 times, they win probably eight of those. And it was just a perfect recipe. And then Davius, you know, dislocated two of his fingers, hitting it on someone's helmet, attempting a pass. They couldn't pass the football, and it just got out of hand on the road. Central, in my opinion, is a perfect team to make a small run. Now, I'm not picking them to go on to win at the Kibbe Dome is what I'm probably going to project there. I don't think they go and beat Idaho. I don't know if they're that level of a team. 
but they're a really good matchup against Richmond and that U Albany game. Those are about even. I want to say the only concern I would have in that game is U Albany has an elite pass rush. They got two of the best edge rushers in the country. Kelly at linebacker leads the country in total tackles. If they can't block up front and Davis is under pressure all day, that's a terrible, terrible matchup for central. And it's a game that, Everyone was talking about Davies as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. That you Albany, that you Albany game is going to have to prove it because they like to work off the run, work Davies off the play action, let him play with his legs. Albany is going to take the runaway. Can Davies go out there and throw for three, four hundred yards, which, which we've seen him do sometimes, but it comes on a way bigger stage on the road with the chance to go to the quarterfinals. And there's only been two HBCU teams to beat PWIs in the playoffs and that was famu way back in the day and tennessee state beat a pioneer league team in like 2013. so this is a his right. this could be a historic moment love the richmond matchup we'll see about you albany i've been pushing the U albany bandwagon all year so i don't even know who i want to win that game but if they get to the quarters man you got to you got to give a round of applause to trey oliver for what he's done for central given that this team is still newer at the fcs level has not it wasn't that long ago they were a d2 team and he's got central winning the celebration bowl last year over jackson state now they're in the playoffs with a chance to possibly make history this weekend in richmond that there i don't think anybody can add anything to that good luck <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Well Excellent said. analysis, sir. You, you know what that's like? That's like <laughs> what when we have you here for. <laughs> if you're if you're at a karaoke bar and someone who actually sings in a band goes and sings karaoke <laughs> and you're up next and you just don't want to go, you're just like, ah, that's what you put Dustin up. The Dustin, right. Dustin's following anybody. Just just make Dustin go after the guy who can do who's a band who's a, a lead singer. Yeah, he's confident. He'll he'll make it through on pure confidence. Is what it is <laughs> for sure. While we're in this section of the bracket, uh, that that Nichols Southern Illinois matchup, I I mean I feel like most people are gonna have Southern Illinois winning that. Um, do you think Southern Illinois can go to the KB Dome and win? No, um, I just don't think it's a good matchup for them because the Idaho's weakness has been the offensive line, and I don't think Southern Illinois is just super dominant defensively. And I don't think they're that they don't have that physical offensive identity. They're going to air it out. They got elite weapons on the outside. Let's just, I mean, they got some wide receivers that can go make plays. Idaho's strength is secondary. So I just, I just don't think that's a good matchup on the road. I think they get past Nichols easily. No offense to Nichols. They have shocked me. I mean, when I went to that, I went to the Sac State Nichols game earlier this year. When I watched that team, never would have thought I was previewing a playoff matchup for that team after watching that game. And they just came out of nowhere. Um, I, I like Idaho to win that one. I think Southern Illinois is a one and done. Now the question becomes the health of Giovanni McCoy too, because mm -hmm. he, he's been banged up as well. But like Brendan said, I think a week off and, you know, being honest about the health of your players possibly could have played into, they got the four seed rather than I thought they could have been a five or six. Mm -hmm. uh, he should be back. And even if he's not a hundred percent, I think we can all agree. Giovanni McCoy is going out there and at least going to, give it a go if anything, but I, I like Idaho in that matchup. But if Giovanni's out Southern Illinois, that changes the whole conversation. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I would say about that is Southern Illinois has elite an elite defensive backfield. Um, so Idaho is going to have to for, have to run the ball against them because Southern Illinois, they they've got the DBs to shut down a pass game and they tackle extremely well. Um, they can turn that into a low scoring game and if Nick Baker can get it going, 
I I give Southern Illinois a pretty good chance at that, but that's just a big question mark right now. Is is how is Nick Baker going to play? Because they they live and die by how he plays right now, and so um, I, I give him a fighter's chance in that one. And I, I honestly I don't think the spread will be that big. I think the spread in that one will be less than a touchdown, probably. Yeah. Well, I the other I, reason. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the other reason I'd I'd give Southern Illinois a puncher's chance in that game is we've seen. Because Luhan has obviously some a fair amount of influence on his game plans, play calling, things like that. And a lot of SDSU's game plan up until the Southern Illinois game was predicated on get the balls in the hands of your athletes, let them make people miss and go, which in the FCS works a lot, especially when you guys got like the Yankee twins. But the Southern SIU's defense, man, they tackle like in space one on one, they'll tackle you, which most won't. And I feel like Idaho does rely on that a little bit as well, like SDSU does, where you've got athletes at receiver, just make a play, get the ball to him, make a play. And I think Southern Illinois will be able to stop that. So I'm curious how I think Idaho would win. I agree with you, but I think Southern would have a puncher's chance at keeping it low enough where crazy stuff happens. Anthony Woods is the guy to watch in that one. Cause I think he's kind of had an underrated year and because he had that one big game, I want to say it was Eastern Washington where he put up like five touchdowns, but he's kind of been hit or miss for them. So, I mean, I guess it's a conversation surrounding, are we going to get a good Nick Baker? Are we going to get a good Anthony Woods, which is a huge question mark. Because I feel like Baker's kind of entered that Theo Day realm where one week he's a Walter Payton candidate and the next week, why, why is he starting for any team in the country? <laughs> right. We said, we said immediately after that game here, we're like, if Baker, if SDSU Baker, because he plays us out of his mind every damn time. Yep, always. If he showed up, they're top four seed, man. Like, yeah. but he doesn't for probably six percent of the games. He doesn't. Well, that's what's crazy is like as bad as he's played, I don't want to see him come to Brookings because for some <laughs> reason he plays out of his mind against SDSU. <laughs> well, um, it feels like he plays now, even better in Brookings. Yeah, I don't know. He just. He gets up for games against us, but he turns uh, into like the FCS version of Baker Mayfield or something against us for some reason. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, out of this little pod that we're looking at here, you know, I think Southern Illinois is an outside shot, but I think Idaho is a pretty safe bet, um, which if you scroll up, Chad, we can look at our, our part of the bracket a little bit because that's who we'll feed into. Um could this Zach have set up any better for SDSU? I mean, no, but like <laughs> I said, if I don't think it mattered who they put well, yeah, in the, this, in this, I mean, it's good that North Dakota state's on the other side. I mean, cause obviously that was still, that would be a way tougher matchup than any, I think of these four teams. And the crazy part is I will say I, I want, I, like I said earlier, Mercer is the team I'm probably going to pick to win this weekend, and it's it's really because I want to see Todd James against Deshaun Gales. That's the matchup. I mean, Todd James is an issue at wide receiver for Mercer. I think he's, the, I, in my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the country right now at the FCS level. The problem is he has Carter PV at quarterback. And if they can get him the ball, he can go make plays. Like I'm telling you, that kid, that kid, I'm, I'm not lying. Top the line. Yeah. Listen, Somebody Todd Jet. Clip that and send Somebody it to Mercer. So put it to Mercer. Yeah, but don't send that to Mercer. Don't send that to Mercer. Get it on their hype video. Dyshawn Gale's talk, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, Todd James would be a 1,500-yard wide receiver with a good quarterback. I mean, it's just he's just that good. So I want to see that matchup just because I love seeing elite matchups, wide receiver versus corner. But at the same time, nobody uh, 
is going to Brookings out that first round matchup and winning. But the crazy part is, I hate to say it, I, I could see a Youngstown State matchup in the quarters because Youngstown State is a terrible matchup for Villanova and what they want to do. The way that they can play downhill, they have they're really good at the line of scrimmage. And I think I think Bryce at wide receiver for Youngstown is a game changer as well. Villanova struggles with physicality. I think if you're Youngstown with the way they control the clock outside of the South Dakota State games, I feel like that's an anomaly. They they're going to dominate the time possession and they're going to punch Villanova in the mouth and I really would not be surprised if Youngstown goes into Villanova and knocks them off. And then we get to watch another 30 point beatdown of Youngstown and Brookings, but that's fine. Little penguin waddle, and everybody's going to be upset. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, man, if Youngstown makes it that far, do you know how obnoxious their fans are going to be? I love you guys, Youngstown fans. I know you're watching right now, YSU Nation. Don't give me high. Some of them are good. Some of them are good. Don't you, they're, no, they're good, but oh my God, they'll be loud. And that, there's nothing wrong with being loud for the record. Uh, but I am curious about Mercer against Garner Webb because Garner Webb has a history of upsetting people in the first round of the playoffs. They don't go deep, but they'll get that one win. And it's Mercer's first time. Mm. And so I am curious, are they going to let their nerves get to him? Mercer should win. I think Mercer should win by a lot, but I could see Garner Webb clipping them. So that's why I love first round games, man. They're the best because you that's don't really good. know. I must say, that's probably one of the best first-round games, I feel like. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be one of the more competitive ones. Because yeah. I get people looking at Gardner-Webb at the beginning of the season. They had some bad losses, and they did not oh. look good. But since they started that true freshman, who I think I think Gilman's going to win it. Don't get me wrong. He's probably going to be the Jerry Rice Award winner. Jalen King has been electric since taking over that starting position. I mean, just as a dual-threat quarterback. So, It'll be interesting to see how he challenges Mercer's defense. But I, I look watching Mercer this year. It's weird because you you got Ty James, Devron Harper, two All Americans on that side on the offensive side of the ball. But their defense has kind of carried them this year. I, as much as it's their first time, I kind of think with with the way Chronic coaches, that actually might be an advantage for Mercer because I went to that Furman game last year at Mercer. They got a they got an underrated environment. Like those fans are into it and they got a pretty good home field advantage i think mercer can find a way to get it done but i'll never sleep on trey lamb he just finds mm -hmm. a way to get it done sometimes so i think it'll be very competitive i think this is a one score game but because of mercer's weapons offensively and with the true freshman quarterback going on the road starting in his first playoff game i do think that's a disadvantage for gardner webb this weekend you're here first folks set your clicker to the gardner webb game at two o'clock these are all eastern time shown on here <laughs> There you go. So obviously, I think out of this quadrant here, you've got uh, SDSU moving on uh, to face likely Idaho um, is what we're thinking. Uh, how do you think, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that potential matchup between Idaho and SDSU. Um, they got the X factor there. How do you think that matchup goes? South Dakota State by probably 10 to 14. I, I just, I mean, again, Teams that have good offensive lines and are physical defensively are the worst matchups for Idaho. They are bad in the trenches. And it's because they're young, and I'm not holding that against Idaho, but it's just they're a year away. They're a year away from being a national title contender. They can keep everyone together. It's just not their year. And I think a run, what to what, what would that be? The semis that they would play South Dakota State? Mm -hmm. A run to the semis, man. Give Eck the coach of the year. I don't uh, that's amazing that he's got Idaho in the semifinals in year two. They're just not built to beat a team 
like South Dakota State. South Dakota State is going to run the football down their throats, force pressure McCoy all night long, and they're not going to be able to run the football, and it's going to, it's going to be a long night for them. Now, Eck will have something special, which is why I say 10 to 14, but I just I don't see them being built to beat South Dakota State, especially on the road this year. So now that we're halfway through, we should mention that this is brought to you by Jackrabbit Central. They're going to have their 30% off sale on Friday for Black Friday. Um, maybe even get yourself some black gear for the blackout next year. Um, it'll be online or in person. Go to Jackrabbit Central. They've got so much stuff, guys. Um, if you go in person, if you haven't walked into the bookstore, the bookstore itself, not the stadium one, there's so much stuff. They got robes, pajama sets. I mean, they got anything, everything, and stuff you didn't even think was a thing. So uh, stop down to Jackrabbit Central. Check them out online. They have a big and tall section now, which Chad and I are very excited about because, God bless it, I need some longer shirts for my torso. I don't need wider ones. Um, need well, some longer I need, shirts because of pie I, or skirt. Or... I, was say, I, I, I need wider shirts too now, but like generally it's a longer thing. Um, it's. I'm curious, since we're halfway through here, Zach, in looking at the bracket and everything, um, any seeds surprise you? Like me, Montana State at six surprised the hell out of me because if you look at their resume, they have nothing. And uh, for me, the one that surprised me that got left out was UC Davis. Like they're the ones who, like you put Sac State in who just got whacked by them and then you don't put in Davis. That really made me scratch my head. Um, but from you with, you know, you have more of a Southern uh, uh, viewpoint because you're around those teams a little more. Um, what what do you see from your perspective? Biggest snubs, weirdest seeds, that sort of stuff. I'm with you. Uh, I I think I predicted seven of the eight seeds correctly in my predictions, and I had North Dakota State at eight, and I didn't even I didn't have Montana State as a seed. I didn't think they did enough. Now, do I think they're probably one of the best eight teams in the country? Yes. I'm not pissed that they got it, but if you're basing it off a of resume, which is what we're supposed to be doing here. I don't think they had a top eight resume. They lost all their important uh-huh. games. And what's their mm-hmm. like true signature win right now? I mean, is it better than any other win that North Dakota State has? I don't necessarily think so. And then for me, too, I know not every committee member thinks like me. I put a lot of stock into how teams are trending going into the postseason. And Montana State's kind of been on a little bit of a downward trend. They haven't played well these past few weeks, especially this past weekend. That was a very disappointing loss to Montana and the way they lost that game stuck. I picked Montana to win, but not by 30. And so the way they lost stuck out to me in North Dakota state, it's say what you want about how that team played early and that loss to North Dakota. They're trending up. They're playing better every single week. They got back to back ranked wins to end the season. To me, that weighed more in my mind for a seed than what Montana State has done. And then I get the, you know, some people have been clamoring for Austin P to be in the conversation, but I think that loss to Southern Illinois took them out of it after what North Dakota State just did to Southern Illinois. So I get why Austin P wasn't going to be in the conversation. And I don't think they had the resume to be a seed in the first place, but that was my only shock with seeds. Now, the teams that got in, I was a little bit shocked about. I was very shocked about Chattanooga. I'm happy they got in because that's a team that's kind of been snubbed the past few years. So it's great they get a shot. But, I, I mean, is their resume really better than UC Davis right now? Is their resume better than UT Martin? Is their resume better than Western Carolina right now? There's an argument that right. all three of those teams have better resumes. Now, let's take Western Carolina out because the injury, in my opinion, came down was the deciding factor with them. 
UT Martin, eight D1 wins. They technically have a ranked win according to the coaches poll for, um, what was it, Eastern Illinois, who was also a first yeah. four team out. Chattanooga signature win was Mercer, but that loss to North Alabama is worse than any loss that UT Martin, that North Alabama loss is worse than the Sanford loss for UT Martin. And if we're taking injuries into account, does UC Davis not get a pass for losing like 80% of their games when uh, Land Larison was out? And since he's come back, they're three and one and he's been rolling and they're a different team with him in the game. And they just demolished Sac State because I know what the score says. They were the better team from kickoff till that clock hit zero. So I think UT Martin and and really and truly UC Davis were the two that I was shocked. And I'm also glad this. I was a little bit surprised Incarnate Word wasn't in the first four teams out discussion. Do I think they should get in? No, but they weren't even in the top four of teams that could have been in at nine and two. And what I'm happy that does is it sets the precedent because there was this talk last year that it was just HBCU teams that get left out at nine and two and a poor strength of schedule and no signature wins. The committee for two years now, FAMU last year, Incarnate Word this year, they have identical resumes. They were both left out. So what the committee is saying is we don't care if you're nine and two, if you don't have a signature win, if you have a poor strength of schedule, if you don't play well in your wins, we're not giving you a seed. We're going to take a seven and four team that played a way tougher strength of schedule, might have a ranked win, an FBS win, and they're getting in over you. And I understand incarnate word is not their fault. Sanford backed out of a home and home last second, and it kind of screwed them with that North American. And then, of course, the Northwestern State situation was a tragedy, not their fault. But at the end of the day, the committee said we have to set a precedent, and that's what we're sticking to from now on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. Uh, one comment on the on the seeding part with Montana State and NDSU. It's interesting that I, I feel like it came down to losses for both of them. I think that they looked at NDSU's huge loss to a UND team that barely made the playoffs. Um, and then Montana State's very close loss to SDSU. I think that held a lot of weight for them. And then, that again, that, that big loss for NDSU held a lot of weight and probably kept them out of the seed discussion there. So, um just kind of interesting how that how that all played out. But yeah, I mean, like you said, when you look at Mon- Montana State's resume, it's really not that impressive. Um, I don't want to talk about Montana State too much, but are you on the same page with us as why don't they play Sean Chambers at quarterback more? Yes, I, I went on a whole rant today about it. I don't know if you all saw it. but I haven't yet. That, that's not why yet. they are not a national championship contender in my eyes. Yeah, they're not going to win the natty no. like that. It, it, and that's why they consistently struggle against elite teams when they go up against them. I understand a lot got hurt. They were getting beat like that by North Dakota State in the natty because of the because of their style of play. They got beat by South Dakota State in the semis because of that style of play. They got beat by Montana this past weekend because of that style of play. And you can even go back to what was it? The Idaho, uh, the Idaho game. Mm hmm. That's why they got beat like that. It, you cannot be one-dimensional against elite defenses. They're going to take the run. They're going to slow down the run. You can't take Montana State's rushing game away unless you're South Dakota State last year, but you're not taking the run completely away. They're going to get their one 200 yards, force turnovers, and make the quarterbacks uncomfortable. If they're that one-dimensional, they're not going to be able to establish drives consistently against elite teams, and then their defense isn't good enough to pick up the slack. They got playmakers. There's no one on that defense that's elite. And that's their biggest issue. And if they don't figure out the quarterback situation, as talented as Chamber and Malat are, that's not a championship team with the way they play. Because if you go up against South Dakota State, if you get a rematch with Montana, it's not going to go any differently because they're going to take 
your run, they're going to slow your run game down, and Malat and Chambers are not going to be able to are going to be able to win you the game right now. Yeah, and I mean, with that in mind, I feel like NDSU. I mean, you talk about how they're playing, how well they're playing right now. I mean, I feel like that sets up pretty well for them to obviously have an easy win against Drake and then go to uh, Montana State, where you know they're just not playing well right now. And I think NDSU has figured something out. I think their defense still has issues. Um, I think that'll be a very high-scoring game I could see uh, where Montana State, they're going to get theirs on the ground against NDSU because NDSU doesn't tackle very well. Um, but I think that's a very favorable draw for NDSU to, to get to go to Montana State there. Yeah, I agree. If Because uh, let's just be honest, they get a first-round buy is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The committee said this was the number nine seed. We're right, going to give exactly. them a first-round bye with Drake because yeah. they're going to play their backups by the like, late second quarter, early third right. quarter. It, I, I said if North Dakota State finds a way to get past Montana State on the road, watch out because mm. that team is going to be on another level in terms of momentum. And I'll say this, watching South Dakota play, I don't think they want to rematch with North no, Dakota no. State, with how they're playing right now, North no. Dakota State is going to go into go into that stadium and, and tear them apart in a rematch. And it, I, I'll say, I don't know, because Montana's hot. I'm not going to say they're a lot for Frisco. They're a lot for the semifinals if they get past Montana State. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if UND can beat Sac State and then somehow go to Vermillion and win. It'll be real interesting to see number one who hosts that home game. And then number two, can UND have even close to a repeat performance of what they did in the Alara Center? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. they have a lot better chance if that game ends up in UND somehow. Uh, but I think we're all on the same page of like, it just is not going to go the same way. Am I missing something? Maybe y'all can help me because I know you guys are watch a lot of MVFC. I don't think North Dakota is a very good team. No. No, nope, not for the last. I, six I mean, weeks. they're they're living on that big NDSU win. That's yeah. It. Okay, I'm just making sure it won't miss me because I I just I don't see it. I don't. I just don't see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sac State beats them this weekend. And Sac State's not playing no, well, but it wouldn't surprise me. And and USD's got to do a little better than just eking by at the last second against a lot of teams in the playoffs because they've gotten by this whole year doing that. They are a good team. I don't. I don't want to take away from that, but they've had a lot of close games that they were. You call it lucky, call it good. I don't know, but lucky that they won. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I think this quadrant sets up pretty well for NDSU, just with the way the teams, the other teams in the quadrant have been playing. Um, would not be surprised to see uh, NDSU come out of this quadrant and make the semis at least. Uh, and then One going thing down, I want to oh, throw ahead. out quick about that, because I've seen a lot of USD fan uh, chatter that, oh, we got such a tough quadrant, and they're pouting. Well, first <laughs> off, you're the three seed. You're not supposed to have the easiest quadrant in the damn bracket. You're the three seed. <laughs> That's how that works. Second, second off, and it doesn't always work that way, but it worked out this way. we got to play Montana State and NDSU. No, you don't. You have to play Montana State or NDSU, right. which – Hate to break it to you, Villanova very way, well may be as good as Montana State at this moment in time because Montana State doesn't look great. I think Montana State's better, but South Dakota, I think, is very capable of losing to any seeded team as well as they are beating them. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but that whole pouty, we got the toughest thing, like what, North Dakota? North Dakota sucks right now. They've scored, they scored three points against you, I think. 
in actual teams that have more than six wins on the that they've played outside of NDSU, they scored 24 points in like four games or something. Like they're averaging like six points a game or something silly like Jeez. that. Their defense isn't that good either. And Sac State, they haven't beat anybody good yet either. They beat Stanford, who sucks because it's Stanford. I mean, that's a great win. Don't get me wrong, but that was 11 weeks ago, and they haven't beat anybody since. So I don't it, – it's not an easy quadrant, but I don't think it's as bad of a quadrant as people are building up to be outside of name recognition. Uh, Sac State's the only team I've ever seen be rolling and have a good quarterback in Caden Bennett who was balling out and bench him for a true freshman for no apparent reason. It's like, what are we doing if like what kind of decision? I don't listen. I know Coach Thompson is my guy. What are we doing? And then they 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 start the freshman against UC Davis. They're getting beat to death. They put in Caden Bennett and he throws three touchdowns. <laughs> they what are we stick doing? with that. He he must have an attitude problem that the coach don't like or something. You know, he took the coach's daughter out on a date. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or wife. And he didn't call her back, so he's pissed. <laughs> like like Dustin says here, if USD fans could read and figure out how to get on YouTube, they'd be really upset. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, fans. I mean, they they can prove it, right? Like they've they've earned that three seed. They have the opportunity. I mean, they're gonna have a pretty decent chance to win their first game, and then they're gonna have a tough game. But it's in Vermilion. Uh, we'll see how many fans show up for that game. Um, I would be surprised if they sell it out, but. Uh, cool. I, I don't know. Do it. Sell it out. Go win that game and make the semis. Prove us wrong. But uh, I think they're going to give nine thousand tickets to the local boys and girls club and call it a sellout. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think you know and it's, they'll it, only have two thousand people there. I think I think it's NDSU or Montana State's quadrant. Whoever wins that one, I can see them going to the semis. All right, let's get to the last quadrant here. If you want to scroll down there, Chad. Wait, Ben. You oh. can see. You can see whoever wins between USD and the winner of Montana or NDSU, NDSU going to the semis. Isn't that how quadrants work? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, apparently I said it wrong then. What I was saying is that I well, think one of these three teams in this quadrant is going to the semis. I no. swear to God. What? What I meant was the winner of NDSU and Montana State are likely going to the semis. And I'm putting money on whoever scores the most points doing it either. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, then you've got Chattanooga, the team that may or may not deserve to be in the playoffs, uh, going to Austin P. Lafayette going to Delaware. Zach, do you have any comments on those two games? Uh, Delaware by a lot. And, um, that Chattanooga Austin P game is a toss up to me. That's the other one that's kind of like that 50 50 game because Chattanooga has a good defensive line. Jay Person is balling out. Their secondary is okay. The Chase has really kind of stabilized that quarterback position, but Mike Delelio is having a heck of a year for Austin P. And I really like how Scotty Walden coaches this team. Their energy is just unmatched. But I guess that's what happens when you hire a 30 year old head coach that is old as some of the players now with the transfer portal rules. But I mean, and I think those two teams are going to be motivated because with the question mark surrounding Furman, they're looking at that second round matchup as a very, very winnable game. Where if they can if they can win this game, I mean, would it blow anyone's mind on, on like on this show that Austin P can go beat Furman? 
very winnable in my opinion. And Chattanooga played Furman well earlier in the year. That's a game that they would love to get a rematch for. And, and for the bottom half, listen, Montana is going to absolutely destroy either team that goes to Missoula. Like it is a uh, problem. Uh, let's see, Lafayette by ten, Austin P by fourteen. I'll pick. I'm picking Austin P. Dustin. So uh, I'll. I'll. But I'll. I'll. Lafayette by ten is crazy. I'll take whatever you want to bet on that. That's outrageous. Yeah, but I, I think it's Montana's here. Yeah, I think it's Montana's <laughs> region to lose. I I just don't see. Uh, yeah. well, I, I don't see any of it, those teams going to Missoula and winning. That's the interesting thing is like when you look at this quadrant versus SDSU's quadrant. Do you think is Montana's quadrant easier? If you mm, factor in Youngstown State, and I mean, because uh, Youngstown State, I think, has beaten any of those four first round teams, and probably Furman too. Yeah, possibly. It's just the question mark with Furman is the problem because if they were healthy, yeah, I, I think it changes the whole conversation. Because I, I definitely think Furman beats Youngstown if they're fully healthy. Agreed. The, and the question mark is: Does Austin P get caught up in the lights? But that is still a young team with a young coach. That team has potential to be really, really good, and so uh, the 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 problem is is I mean Lafayette Duquesne. Let's just cross those. I mean, it, obviously, neither one of those teams. It's just that Delaware hasn't played well against good teams. That's the that's the knock on them is that every elite team that they played, I mean, they just they they can't get it done, and so possibly it could be easier. I just give the edge a little bit because I do think Austin P is better than Mercer and Gardner-Webb. And I do think Furman, especially with a week off to heal, is better than Villanova. That's the only reason I kind of give this this region a little bit of a higher advantage. But the, the X factor is, this is no offense to Brookings, it's going to be way harder to go into Missoula and win, especially in December. It's going to be absolutely brutal. That's Because you guys know how Montana fans are. With this team rolling like it is, every game is going to be a sellout. And that crowd is going to be unbearable, Insane. especially because Chattanooga, Austin P are not used to playing in that environment, and neither is Furman. And they're going to go up there, and by the time they play Montana, it's going to be mid-December, and it's going to be like negative five degrees, and they're not going to be ready. Yeah, no, trust us. There's you're not you're not saying anything that we we don't believe there because Missoula has the type of playoff atmosphere that we aspire to have. Uh, yeah. you know, our, our regular season atmosphere is there now. Like it, we, we sell out games. They're loud. Um, we need that to happen in the playoffs. And for anybody that's listening yeah. and doesn't plan to go out of playoff games, this is, this is calling you out here. Uh, we need to make Brookings a big, a big playoff atmosphere. Cause it's not right now, honestly. I mean, if you look at our playoff attendance in the past, I mean, there's, there's some raucous fans there and, and, you know, it's it's the diehards and we make some noise but man i don't know it, it most of them aren't near 10,000 people and so it's uh yeah it's time to show up for our team and uh and make it a a tough atmosphere to play but um i'll get off my soapbox there i don't want to let brendan on that soapbox cuz i don't think we'll get off it for a while um, hey, i just i want every ticket, all i want i was just going to say want, the tickets are so reasonable you got you got to get out and support the team. Yeah, yeah ten dollars tickets. And I, I'm I'm just saying, like, if you're not going, I would just like you to post your name and address. I'm renting a van. Don't worry if it's in your front yard. You'll wake up around one in the afternoon, and you'll be in the stands. It'll be great, and you'll ticket. You'll be just, <laughs> just be like, hey, this is awesome. This is so cool. Why do I have a headache? 
Rev says he wants <laughs> to come back for a playoff game. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we'll put you out, yeah. bud. Like Seth says, the, the weather's tough, but if you dress appropriately, it's it's not bad at all. It really isn't. Um, if you if you dress dress for the weather, you'll survive. You'll be fine. Um, there are plenty of games where I'm wearing so much that I'm sweating, and it and it's like negative outside or it's below zero outside. So um, yeah, you mm. can definitely wear the right stuff, but especially having, if you're making noise and being active as a fan. Exactly. Having having been at packed cold games, like it's not that cold because you've got so many people by you that you're just warm. It really, it really is not bad. I see the wince from the guy from Mobile. <laughs> like, well, go I wasn't with... in the crowd. I wasn't in the crowd, so it was unfair. Like, I was on the sidelines for that Montana State game last year. It listen, it right. was really cold. <laughs> yeah. And also, it kicked off at like nine thirty local time, so it was like, right. uh, it, yeah, it, it was, it was bad. I mean, I thought it wasn't bad early, but when you're looking at the scoreboard and it's fifty-five to seven with twelve minutes left <laughs> and your night's over. And you're just standing there, nothing's exciting you. Oh, yeah, it gets it got real cold real fast. Yeah, for sure. I, I bet it did. So, um, how crazy did you think the players were to go and jump in the snowbank then afterwards? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no chance. Listen, that, that's all funny. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I just don't know how y'all play up there. I'll be honest. Because listen, I played high school football in Mobile, Alabama. Like, I mean, it, I don't think I ever played in a game that was probably below 30 in my life and i went to that montana state game and it was wild that the william and mary players were running to the sideline and just forgetting that there was ice there and just sliding until they hit the wall this blew my mind i was like what are we doing <laughs> yeah I, just, at least it wasn't windy you got that you got you got some good weather that day that's true. Man, I had to buy like a whole new outfit. I I, I, I kind of <laughs> talked about it on my show because I don't listen I, I, when it's cold here I put on a hoodie. Like, like I'm doing now, like it's cold in my house. I put on a hoodie. I had to go buy like a real jacket for the first time in my life. Like I've never bought a jacket and I had to buy like a real jacket and I had to buy one of the face coverings, a beanie, gloves, all this stuff. And it, it still wasn't enough. Just drink more. We, you warm up from the inside out. <laughs> we had college football campus tour might come out to the Montana State semifinal. Yeah, that, and that one was that one was colder than the one you were at. I was I supposed think, to be there. Yeah, I don't know if I told you guys. Like, I, I was supposed no. to fly into Fargo, go to the Friday night Incarnate Word game, oh, and then come nice. to Brookings for the other semifinal game. And I got stuck in Texas because of the snowstorm, I guess, that hit Fargo the night before. They pushed my flight back to, like, Saturday. And I was like, well, I kind of need to be there, be you know, before right. then. And so I just had to cancel everything and fly back home. So, like, I was supposed to go, and I had everything booked. And, yeah, I was I was so pissed. That sucks. Yeah, it was so cold. We were opening beers and they were freezing right after as you opened up the beer. 100%. Beers. Like <laughs> you had the Sickos committee right retweeted it. If you did not have your mouth up and start drinking, it was froze and it was done. Yep. We had to outfit <laughs> outfit college football. We had outfit Mike because he's from California and he shows up and he's like in this light jacket. And I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> Every northerner, we you go in our truck in the winter. There's five different coats just in case your truck breaks down and you're well. Or you, let me, if you drive across somebody who's driving a Ford and you need to help them out, they're probably cold. So you've got to. <laughs> you guys know it was bad when I showed up for the Montana State game. It was wearing a hoodie and long pants. <laughs> if you remember, hey man, I next time say hoodie. something. I got coats, buddy. I got coats. Yeah. He drives yeah. a Ford. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, I just <laughs> threw you a softball, didn't I? Yeah, he did. <laughs> when it's running, he drives it. <laughs> Couldn't help it. I'm so, sorry. It was on a tee. Back to the bracket here. We've got Montana easily moving out of this one. Uh, they will face, we're thinking either NDSU or Montana State. I guess pick one of those two or talk about either of them uh, matching up against Montana going to Missoula and how you think that's going to go. I'll be honest. I don't want to see a rematch. A rematch would be cool because of the storylines, but I don't think it's going to go any different. And with, I just want to see a new matchup. So I would like to see North Dakota State, but I don't think it's a good matchup for them, especially with how their offensive line. I mean, is it a shock that this is probably the worst offensive line in what, five, six years for North Dakota State? Maybe longer? Uh, they just haven't played well. And with how well that, Montana stops a run. I, I hate to say this because I, I, I might be the only national guy that's not on this kid's bandwagon. I don't think Cam Miller's that good. And Ooh. I I don't think that's he's good enough to win ball. them a game if you take the run away. And, and I've said that for two years, and I know I know Sam, Craig, Kevin, all those guys are probably not with me on that. But I don't think he's in – I keep hearing all the American talk, NFL draft talk, and I'm like, what are, what are we watching film-wise where that kid is that good? And I feel the same way about Theo Day. I don't think he's very good either. I'll, I'll, I'll take – I'll list off a bunch of quarterbacks I would take over them. And it, yes. And if you take the runaway for North Dakota State, is Cam Miller good enough to go into Wagriz in mid December and win you a game with his arm? I don't think he is with that secondary. And I, I've said this repeatedly Clifton McDowell, from where he was in like week two or three to now, looks like a different player. It was like it's like 2K and you just spend all the VR to upgrade your player all at once. And it's like he becomes a completely a monster. The way he's slowly gaining confidence through the air that he rolled out this weekend against Montana State. I don't know if you guys watched the game and hit like Junior Bergen across his body on a post route. And I'm like, where was that throw in September? It's just like he keeps getting better. And then also the fact that they have a dual a dual threat now with Gilman's emergence as a true freshman at running back and McDowell's legs. I think Montana's rolling too much. I don't think Montana State or North Dakota State, both either of those good teams, want to see this Montana team. And I, I, I've said it, it's a collision course for Montana, South Dakota State. And I'm very, very interested to see how South Dakota State and Rodgers attacks McDowell with his dual threat ability. Because I think he's arguably right now, the way he's playing, I, I know Montana State fans are going to crucify me for saying this. McDowell's the best dual threat quarterback South Dakota State's going to see this year. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I would agree that. that. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope Montana destroys everybody. I, I want to <laughs> see him beat Montana State, and, and not because I like Montana. It has not, I, I don't like Montana, to be honest with you. I don't like Montana. <laughs> Their fans annoy me. Yes, Sounds like fans, you, you are annoying. Um, but, uh, what? Sounds like I do. You're crazy. Yeah, you've been you've been you've been trumping for them for a while, stumping for them. I mean, but I said they're good. They're and they are good. But I want to see them beat like NDSU or Montana State by like 45 again, just for going into that game. Because if they squeak by, SDSU fans are going to be so confident, and it's going to be annoying to be honest with you. But also, <laughs> I want that feeling of oh boy, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a game 
You know, mm -hmm. this is, and I think they are that good that it's not something where SDSU is going to be able to just walk in and be where SDSU and win the game. Like it's going to be a fight and I'm excited for that. That's, I, I really want that. And the atmosphere in Frisco, if you've got all these SDSU fans who a ton of us have bought tickets already, and then the way the Montana state fans are going to turn out, because I think it'll be more like we expected last year to be with all the the NDSU and SDSU fans being down there, which was great, but I think it would have been more intensive. NDSU fans, like a lot of them had pretty much written this one off, that one off. They're like, no, I don't. I know several that didn't go because they didn't want to be a part. They didn't want to have to be there and watch us beat them, well, yeah, which I just totally there, get. There was no fight. You know, like, yeah, they, there, there was no, oh man, I think we got it. Like, every every yeah. North Dakota State fan you talk to, they're like, eh, I'm pretty sure we're screwed. Yeah. So, but I, that, that will not be the case if we face Montana. Not at all. They, they will be of the utmost confidence, especially if they run through the playoffs like we think they will. Um, and the way they were playing right now at the end of the season, I mean, it, it'll be, that'll be a fun atmosphere, a fun, uh, you know, fan interactions. Uh, it'll be a fun tailgate. Um, yeah. And I mean, you, you talked about the matchup a little bit, Zach, but how ultimately if that is the way it plays out, how do you see it going? South Dakota state. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong one. I don't need to be, I'm not frozen. I was trying. Yeah, I, oh, I just grabbed the solo layout. It picks whichever one I needed to move him first. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang, I learned. I learned a from missed opportunity. Time. I'm sorry, <laughs> there'll be more. Oh, man, but uh, yeah, I guess while we wait for him, uh, I'll probably go south to go to state still. Uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm they're gonna have to lose for me not to pick them at this point, or there's gotta have to be a significant, you know, injury or bad performance or something like that. Knock on wood for me not to pick them to win the title. I just think they're that good. I think Montana will be a very tough matchup. And like you said, I I, I wish they would bring it. I wish there was a way to expand the stadium because with South Dakota State, Montana, they could sell out a bigger stadium than what they got down in Frisco with those two yeah. fan bases. It's going to be electric. I think so. I think it'll be way better than last year. So And I'm, last I'm year was great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the environment was great, especially South. I'll give you all the credit for that. That side of the stadium during the national championship was insane. It was fun. For sure. Oh, it was a blast. It was it, so it fun. Was, it, it, I knew it was crazy because I, I knew you guys like stormed the field for like the trophy presentation. Like when I was like, because I was kind of there for the media side and I was looking and I saw people crying like up in the front row, like as they were doing the trophy thing, I was like, bro, mm -hmm. I could feel the emotion. Like this one was, this one, this one was a, meant a lot to that fan base. A long been time waiting coming. for that for a while. <laughs> playing second fiddle to the band from Fargo, you know, not even getting a chance to get to Frisco because we'd have to go up there and play them every year. And then you got in when I think it's even more like, cause I'm a Brewers fan too, which this is going to be a weird comparison, but like, I don't, as a, as a Brewers fan, I don't want to win a world series necessarily for me. I want Bob Euchre to win a world series and see that I was more emotional because Stig won the national title finally and it had been such he had built so much all the way up there and i think a lot of fans especially former players those guys were really emotional because stig won it and i think that was a lot of too what you saw there because 
not only was it a long time coming, it was Stig finally getting his. And there was a lot of people who for a long time said, Stig's not the guy. He's not going to be able to do it. You're going to have to get rid of Stig to do it. Um, so that was a huge share of that as well. But yeah, man, that that was a special one. Yeah. I don't know what the estimate on the crowd was. I mean, I, I definitely think South you guys had the advantage. I don't know about how much so, but it I think definitely they're talking about this coming year when if when, oh, if we play Montana, so like 60 40. That, that, that's gonna be very close to 50 50 because as much it like whatever the allotment is for those two schools, tickets. Yeah, they're going to sell out whatever the allotment is for each school. It's going to be a battle to kind of get the advantage, oh. but I would say it's it's not going to be above 55-45 either way. Secondhand market tickets will be insane. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. stupid. The insane. We had, we had some of our guys talking about that today. They wish they had bought extra tickets just to throw them up and let Montana fans buy them when the time comes. Right. Um, I do want to say uh, I, it's fun to see a FTJ in there already from Grizz fans. Um, and all I got to say is that you got to buy me dinner and movie first, man. Like, I'm not that easy. I'm I'm cheap, but I'm not easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's cool and all, but let's let's wait till you get there, bud. Yeah. But let's we let's go full Canadian on there. Yeah, we, hey, we, we still got to win the game. Leonard, Kenny, and Shorzy. That's that's what that's a result. D- Dustin's a savage in the chat. He he is. He's selling <laughs> sell my ticket. <laughs> no, no, don't put Chad next to a Montana fan. Not after hey. that long of a tailgate. <laughs> do do you do you know how that would go, Brendan? I feel yes. like you, of all people, know yes. how that would go. I know how that would go, especially if it's an intense game. Um, and I'm drunk. <sighs> yeah, and drunk Chad. Me and Chad. We, it hasn't happened yet this year. That's how this good this team is. Um, we haven't had a screaming match yet. We've had an argument, but it was civil, which never happens. That's usually full throat. Like, you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. And then it finally. But anyways. Kind of like so you were talking, married couple. Yeah. Sort of. So you were talking about uh, how young the uh, coach for Awesome P is. Um, I'm sure you know how many new coaches we have and everything. Uh, do you realize the age of the Jacks coaching staff, though? Very young. Like, like Zach LeJuan is crazy like, young. Like it was Zach LeJuan's like 29, right? Or something like crazy yeah, like that. that Luha, or might have just turned 30. Really young. And he's one of the older ones. Like yeah. Rogers is like 36, but then I think most of them are in their 20s. Yeah, like it's the first right. coaching staff that I feel like I went to high school with. It's it's crazy because I mean, I like I'm still in my twenties. It's so weird talking to like Scotty Walden and some of those guys. It's like, man, we are not that far apart, and that's why like the interviews, like and sometimes talking to them is a whole lot more fun because the energy is so different than talking to mm-hmm. no, no. I mean, that's a bad like, Witten at like Tarleton State, who's like 95 and has been coaching for 70 years. It feels like it, like you could tell it wore on them. But yeah, you guys, I think you guys and Incarnate Word have two of the youngest staffs in the country. Like Incarnate Word hired like 21 year olds to come in there under Kilo. Like, and Kilo's barely 32, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy. That's a young staff. <laughs> That's the new fad, though. That's the way things are going. That you got to connect to the recruits somehow. Like, at the end of the day, like, there's some older coaches, like, obviously, if you. If you can recruit, you can recruit. And X does a really X one of the ones that I've kind of seen does a really good job connecting to recruits. And he doesn't look like he would be good at that, but he is. But you start looking at some of the the coaches around the league. Chesney is still not very old for Holy Cross, and he's got that thing rolling right now for that program. Killo was hired. Scotty Walden. 
um rogers i mean the list goes on and on of like younger guys and even like a guy like willie simmons when he was hired at fam wasn't he he's still on the younger side because but you keep seeing the bar kind of get pushed down and it's when programs make hires they want someone to come in and fill the room up with energy fill the room up with guys who are eager and when you hire these older coaches and we you guys are going to understand what i'm hoping you guys understand what i'm saying like I said, you can see the games worn on them and they don't have that same spark. It's kind of just like this mundane, like I know what to do. I come in and I do my job every day and then I go home and coaching is hard and all this stuff. But you talk to like a guy like Scotty Walden. It's like, man, I've never worked a day in my life and he's bouncing around and he's screaming and he's like headbutting players. And it's like, man, I want to play for that guy other than the guy who looks like he hates, he hates coming to work every day. Have you seen the like, especially this last post game video from the Jack's locker room with Jimmy <laughs> jumping around with the players? I mean, <laughs> he just <laughs> how can you not love playing for that guy? That I, I love it, and I also I just recruiting's changed so much. Two is just your approach to it, and it's just I feel like the older coaches have a harder time adjusting because I get it. If you're like in any trade, not just coaching, if you're in it for 15, 20 years, you kind of know what works for you. You get in your routines and it's like all of a sudden here comes transfer portal, NIL, all this, all this different stuff. And eventually you kind of lose it and the great coaches can evolve and, and keep up with the times. But sometimes you got to go get a younger guy. And I think it'll be interesting because there's a lot of job openings now. I mean, Texas Southern, Utah Tech, Northern Arizona, Southern, all these programs are starting to make moves. ETSU, are they going to go the young route or are they going to try to try again and, you know, find a really, really experienced head coach that's later in life? Because I've, I've kind of noticed the FCS hires have been getting younger and younger every year. Yeah, I think the older Mark Season's coaches get poached from above. So, yeah, we see that. What do you, where do you think Matt Saluka, he just announced his uh, departure. Where do you think he's going to end up? I had a conversation today, and this is, Ellison, no one go report this. Like, this is not a confirmed report. I think Chesney's going to get this. This isn't Syracuse. on the internet at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, this is I definitely think, not public. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think Chesney is going to get the Syracuse job. Oh, and I think a lot of those players are going to go with him to Syracuse. Oh, holy cross. And if it's not the, and if it's not the Syracuse <laughs> job, he's going to get a G5 job somewhere, I feel like, in the Northeast, and he's going to bring those guys with him. He's gonna they just had too many players leave pieces. all at the same time. Like, someone got told something. You don't just have a bunch of All-Americans all hit the portal at once and right. just randomly, especially for a Holy Cross program that doesn't lose a lot of transfers, especially their best players, and you still got to wait on Jalen Coker and some of those other guys. But if Chesney goes – it's the age of college football. Your guys are coming with you. Uh, Dustin does bring up a good point, though, that, you know, Saluka is, I mean, people have pointed out that, you know, he's going to have to be in a graduate school. So yeah. Holy Cross doesn't have a graduate program. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is uh, especially with it's weird because even some of the Ivy kids are like that because they don't let the guys play on their grad year or something weird like that. The and Ivy. a lot of those Ivy League guys transfer with a year left, too. And, and same with like the, pioneer and some of those patriot programs this it's crazy that like why wouldn't you offer grad programs when you're losing your best players why would you establish something to keep them in there well in those i think the patriot league you used to not be able to redshirt either i think that used to be a thing they couldn't have you couldn't redshirt as a player you were you got four years and you were done which That's is crazy wild and yeah it's a whole weird deal 
out there out east. It's kind of a shame because it feels like the Patriot League is on the upswing. Um, you know, and if if they lose their coach and Sluka and everything else and that program bottoms out, that kind of sucks because it feels like they that conference had something cooking that something like the Southland didn't doesn't have at this moment. They have momentum that was going upwards. The Southland is so bad right now. I mean, Ugh. I don't even know. Like, I mean, we're seriously having a conversation that Houston that Houston Christian might be the third best team in that conference right now. <laughs> like that good. blows my mind. We just all need to get together and make sure that Joe and Sean end up there next year. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't follow through with that. I needed to see them at the CVS watching the game. Like that. Like, we saved their ass. The would be all over that, right? If, if, oh, now we're on like a two year ban again. So it's up to, <laughs> it's up to the fans where they go next, right? Like this is what should happen. Wait, now they should have went to both. Like it can't be expensive to get to Houston Christian. It's no. a big city. Like that's an easy trip. I like listen. They, I'll call Joe and them out, man. They should have. They should have still went to Houston. Like that's not a hard trip to get to Houston. I felt a little bad because they just had to go to Campbell, and I mean they're young guys, and then you end up on a dry campus. Like <laughs> 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 I'd have been pissed at that age. I, really. <laughs> And there's right. nothing in Buse Creek because I went last year for the North Carolina Central game. There is nothing mm-hmm. in Buse Creek. <laughs> it's bad. Um, how do they get? Re- how do you recruit these? Even we here are big believers that the star ranking system at FCS level is bunk, and yeah. it's not worth it. it's the paper it's put on. However, how do you even get the guys that are that highest stars like they get to a place like that dry campus with nothing? That boggles my mind. And they got a bunch of them. I mean, it, it, it is funny enough. The recruiting coordinator is now the head coach at Houston Christian, and they're landing three stars left and right. They've landed three three stars in the past, like, 48 hours out of the state so, of Texas. So when does the Louisville-esque story of strippers and money come out? <laughs> I don't know. And listen, I, I love I love Braxton. Man. He, he's, a, he's a cool dude, and I, I can see how he's recruiting Hob. I just I don't know how you convince kids to go to Campbell – and they convince kids to go to HCU. I mean, this is a terrible. Wow. Listen, I don't even know how. And the funny part is, you know, they lost some of those transfers. All the guys that transferred out are balling out at their new schools. And it's like those kids weren't overrated. They were just it's like they just didn't work out at Campbell. It just, right. I, I, I don't know. And I mean, yeah, someone in the chat said like that's where Felkamp went when he transferred from it you is, guys. 100%. And yes. I don't even. I, and then I think he started early, but then they had a true freshman, a three-star wide receiver kid who's up for the Jerry Rice Award. It had a crazy year. Yep. And Tyler's nice. a great, great kid. We all wished him well for sure. That so, catch he had yeah. in camp was ignorant this oh, year. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw it, the one-handed catcher. Yes. I mean, he just snagged it. I was like, whoa, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he's a stud. So to wrap it up. Who's going to the who you got for the celebration bowl out of the SWAC? Because we know that it's Hampton for the MIAC, but who do you got Howard. going? Who went Howard, right? God, Hampton, yeah, the listen, they will now. crucify you. The yeah. real H2. They're oh, like, I know they're gonna rivals. be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get burned down on Twitter in about 10 yards. Talk <laughs> is gonna be all over your so ass. Eat me like uh, someone clip it. Someone clip uh, it. don't clip <laughs> it. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't need that evil on my soul. I made a I, I, I'm very sorry. That was a terrible mistake. I won't do it again. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> I got called out. I accidentally called Amar Angel last night. Uh, you know, 
They both start with A, and I <laughs> I should have just said number three. It would have been easier. You know, that's but, not going to get you a whole conference. That's true. This thought. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's and different. It's worse. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just apologizing for that live on air. And it's okay. Not pop- small fan bases, and they're loud. They will tell me. Well, well, did you see the Missouri guy? Like, so Jackson State beat Missouri last night in basketball, and one of the fans tweeted out and said, "Man, I'd be getting roasted if Jackson State had a fan base." And I was like, "Ooh, oh. I don't think you knew the like Hornets." Yeah, I was oh. like, "Wrong." I was like, you need to delete that ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, but uh, there you celebration. Go. Dustin submitted yeah. you to HBCU nightly. I'm in the group no, chat. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the I'm in the HBCU nightly group chat. I'm gonna send them the link. I'm like, man, you should. <laughs> Let's see. We're at about a what a buck twenty, bud. Get Zach off of this show. I don't need. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I guess to answer your question before we got way off track there, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with I, I'm gonna go with Fam. I know Dustin's trolling. I mean, Fam beat PV 45 to seven like three or four weeks ago, and PV lost to Houston Christian 30 to nothing. Just to put it in perspective on how not good that team is, and they're a bad matchup against Fam, and I, I think they're gonna roll. Willie Simmons knows what's at stake, and also the second longest home winning streak in the FCS behind Montana state resides in Bragg. Uh, that crowd is going to be electric. They've been waiting for this. This will be the first potential outright conference championship since 2001 because they won the MEAC in 2019, but we're on probation. So they can't, they couldn't go to the celebration bowl. They want this one and it sets up a huge, huge matchup. Now I know Howard doesn't have the prestige among the FCS that, you know, it might need to, but celebrity wise, Howard is a draw in Atlanta. And same for FAMU. FAMU Howard is going to be a crazy celebration bowl, but I still like FAMU to come out with a win in the celebration bowl. Willie Simmons has been building something really special down in Tallahassee. So I'm going to ride with FAMU. I mean, you got him on your shirt, right? Yeah, I got it. I got to. I'll be I'll be in Tallahassee in two weeks uh, for the SWAT championship. Possibly. I'm still considering possibly going to Bozeman if North Dakota State will win North Dakota State goes up there. And I, I'm, mm. I'm still deciding on that one. That'll be a fun atmosphere. That'll be wild because Montana State wants some retribution on them. Mm. For the record, I deserve all the shit I get for what I just did between Howard and Hampton, especially when uh, we get mad about being called San Diego State all the time. So right, I get I deserve every ounce of what I get and comes down the pipeline from that. So yeah, that was unforgivable. But beyond that, we should probably be done. Right, we've I think Zach so. It's time. We gotta <laughs> thank, thank you, Zach, so much for coming yes. on. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier, they're like, "Man, it, it's just so cool hearing Zach rattle off all the players' names." Uh, it's because he's one of the best in the FCS, uh, wow. if not the best. I mean, uh, we appreciate your coverage. Uh, you do such a good job, and we really, really appreciate you coming on with us. Man, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, Brandon, I'll send you that Howard shirt because that, that's definitely going to have to be part oh, of the I'll outfit next week. Absolutely. I'll rock it. I'll paint my face. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I definitely appreciate you guys, man. I, I love what you guys are doing. And hopefully I'll be back up in Brookings. If not, I'll see you guys in in, in Frisco. Hopefully I didn't knock on wood. I didn't jinx it because I get worried about that. But see you guys in Frisco for sure. Hell yeah, man. That sounds good. Perfect. All right. Yeah. With that. Go with us. As as Jim says, as we always say, go big, go blue, go Jacks. Go Jacks. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to once again thank our sponsors, the Kubota Dealers of South Dakota, 
Culver's at Brookings and Watertown, Jackrabbit Central, and Colby Sports Bar and Grill. And as always, go Jack!